Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. We're going to go over our Week 9 wide receiver rankings, our Week 9 tight end rankings. But first, we're going to go over a bunch of news, a bunch of injury news to best prepare you going into the weekend, going into Week 9. We're also going to go over Thursday Night Football, last night's game. A lot closer game than we thought it was going to be, Zach. You know, throughout the first three quarters. And, you know, preciser. Right, like they were onto something there, right, with their mm-hmm. prediction, right? Yeah. Like, remember, like they thought the Texans were only going to lose by one point. It was twenty-one to seventeen going into the fourth quarter, uh, and you know they they ended up, you know, I think the spread was fourteen going into the game. Yeah, and uh, it's funny because what happened at the end of the game, you know, uh, heavily affected betting outcomes. Right, if you bet it on the over, you got it because of that last minute. Uh, penalty right that allowed right. them to go for two and then you know and all that so it was uh it was definitely an interesting outcome yesterday for a lot of people uh and you know everybody who was like oh man it's not going to hit the over and then all of a sudden that one point makes a huge difference right um but uh going over that game real quick man dallas got a huge game went eight for 100 and a touchdown aj brown uh and Devonte smith's nice were a lot quieter you know especially in that first half Mm-hmm. AJ Brown ended up getting done that third quarter with that touchdown, but only eight targets combined for those two. Uh, and out of the eight games the Eagles have played this year, Devontae Smith has had five games of under 50 receiving yards. Okay, yeah. so at this point, um, about halfway through their season, would you say that Devontae Smith is still a top 24 receiver the rest of the way, or is he creeping into wide receiver three territory? I'm not sure he ever kind of escaped, you know, that wide receiver three territory. I don't think he's a low end or, you know, like mid wide receiver three. I think he's a high end wide receiver three just because this is a good offense and they're airing it out a lot more. Like we said, um, we wanted them to this season. But outside of that 30 point game where he scored the, the touchdown, he was just like he turned into Randy Moss for a week. You know, I mean, it, it's been pretty middle of the pack output. You know, he had that one game, too, against Arizona. We got targeted 11 times. But outside of those two games, he's never eclipsed more than eight targets in a game. Um, I, I haven't moved him up too far. I've, I've, I was, wasn't really a big fan of him coming in the season because we know AJ Brown will do his throwing his thing and he'll get targets. Um, but it, it looked good earlier in the season, but he's kind of, you know, leveled off at this point, you know, that upside, he hasn't really been able to capitalize on that these past few weeks. It's not to say they can't do it again. He's definitely talented enough to have more explosive games, but I'm not sure how many of, the, of those are going to be down the stretch. Um, you know, as long as they're in these positive game scripts, they didn't have to throw that much, even though it was a closer game than we thought it might be. They're running the ball well and, you know, pretty much on demand. They could do whatever they wanted to in the run game. 
Um, and obviously, you know, Dallas Goddard having a big day didn't help his case. But um, that's just the way it's going to be with this offense. There's so many weapons, you know. Um, only so many can have those big days. And it just hasn't been Devontae Smith's day these past few weeks. Yeah. And, you know, this was a tougher matchup for him. But, you know, and he does have a way better matchup next week against the Commanders. And I'll probably be all over him next week. And I'll probably rank him in the top 24. But it's definitely been iffy and been up and down for him because he only gave you 4.2 points in the PPR uh, last night. And that's not yeah. his lowest output of the season. Okay, he, had a, <laughs> he had a zero point game against Detroit in week one. Yeah, uh, Don't forget that. Damian Pierce had 27 carries for 139 yards. He wasn't targeted in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, you know, he did run around on 60% of dropbacks. He did run. Uh, he did run again as the primary two-minute back, which is exactly what we wanted to see over the last two weeks. That's what's been going on. And 78% of snaps is exactly what you want. And, dude, at this point, I think he's a top 12 running back the rest of the season. Like, I don't know how, how else to slice it. This is the uses that you want to see yeah. out of a guy like him. I, I think that you can call him a top 12 running back. I think he's low top 12, and that's just because, you know, the usage is that of an elite running back, you know? Um, maybe, you know, the snap participation is even more um, encouraging than the usage. Obviously, you know, he ran all those routes, but he didn't get any targets. But the thing that kind of reared his ugly head for me that I, you know, talked about, I think it was two days ago on the podcast, you know, regarding his upside, is the touchdowns. You know, he had 27 carries, 139 yards. That's really good. I think that's averaging five yards a carry on 27 carries. That's great. And you saw the way he was running the whole night. Not only was he the primary two-minute back, he was the primary offensive weapon. That's just what he does. You know, They were going to run the offense through him, and it was shameless at that point. They just hand it to him um, over and over and over. I think it was five plays in a row on the one drive. They just kept handing him the ball, and that was when he broke off that 36-yard run. But you know, he looked really good. It's just the touchdowns weren't there. And that was my concern that, you know, he get all this usage and it's pretty much empty calories. I think that's what we talked about. Um, you know, 139 yards, really nice output on the ground, but with, without a touchdown, that doesn't amount to much, especially if you're not getting those catches or those targets either. Um, this is where I said, you know, that the ceiling would come into play because of the offense he's on. I think this could continue to haunt him in the future. I do expect him to do a lot better, you know, in the touchdown department moving forward, but this is just kind of, you know, uh, it's like both worlds where obviously you were buying Damian Pierce, you know, because he's the usage is obviously there, but I was a little bit leery because of the touchdown. So we kind of got, you know, both of us got a little vindication there. <laughs> I guess so. But like he almost had a touchdown if they decided not to throw it at the two yard line, right? right? Like he was right there. You know, they could have just handed the ball off to him, but instead they threw it to the tight end for the touchdown. Yeah. Um, and like, you what, know, what was his I'm, name? <laughs> it wasn't even, even to like a Brevin was. Jordan or somebody that you might have picked up on the waiver wire. Just one catch uh, on the night. <laughs> Tegan Quitoriano. Yeah. That's his Quitoriano. Quitoriano. <laughs> Did you ever see idea. those uh that segment? I forget they used to do it. It was like that helps nobody. It's like, yeah, yeah. That's one hundred percent what that was. <laughs> exactly. And it, it could have helped Damian Pierce yeah. a lot if he 100%. had that touchdown. At least would have satisfied you. But Listen, man, 60% of dropbacks running around on that, getting the two-minute offense, that's what matters to me uh, over him not getting zero targets. Um, so, you know, he is a th- he is an every down back at this point, and I-, I love it. Like, he didn't get the targets in this game, but I'm expecting moving forward. I think this is more of an exception because of the fact that he's running so many routes and hasn't get tar- got targeted. Uh, right. So I'm expecting that number to go up, and I'm assuming that that number will go up just b- based on the number of routes that he's running and his role. 
Um, I'm looking at that more than that actual number of targets he got. But zero targets, like that's not what you want to see. But no. you know, ho- hopefully moving forward, he's able to, to 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 get some targets going his way. Yeah. Let's see what else happened in this game. That's about it, really. I it mean, was a Miles Ma- cool. Sanders was able to do his thing too, like we talked about. Yeah, it was a quiet fantasy night. You know, just outside of I'd say Dallas Goddard. You know, that might end up being the tight end one performance this week, um, unless yeah, Travis probably. Kelsey does his thing. But um, you yeah, Travis I, I, Kelsey, or or do you mean the real tight end one this week? Isaiah Likely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Do we know if Mark Andrews is playing yet? I we mean, don't. I guess we'll talk. He about hasn't. This. He hasn't practiced as of yet. And you know that's a good thing to get. Let's just get right into it, man. Like he hasn't. Yeah. You know, we'll t- we'll get into the news now. You know, Mark Andrews is not practicing. Um, likely. Likely might get some run anyway, right? Rashad Bateman, let's talk about it now. Rashad Bateman out for the season. Yeah. With a season ending, season ending list, Frank. Surgery, that's not good. You know, hopefully he can revive his career, right? Like you never want to go through a list, Frank surgery because that could have some lingering effects. Hopefully he'll be fine mm-hmm. for his career. Hopefully this doesn't affect his career or his dynasty stock too much. Um, you know, that sucks for this offense. It sucks for Lamar Jackson, right? Um, I, I would guess the primary beneficiary here would likely be Devin Duvernay. Um, mm-hmm. He's probably like an upside flex play rest of season. Maybe a lone wide receiver three at times, depending on bye weeks and stuff. But I, So I'd make sure he's rostered. He probably is in your league. Um, I'd make sure Isaiah Likely's rostered too, regardless yeah. of whether Mark Andrews is playing or not. Like, I, you know, at this point, so they assume Rashad Bateman was going to be back. So why make any permanent changes? But now... They don't have anybody, dude. Like, right. uh, why not run both these guys at the same time, right? Yeah. Andrews and Likely, because those are their best options. And we saw, like, every no matter what quarterback is, is in there, they've shown rapport with Isaiah Likely because he just opened all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so he Likely might get some extra run regardless. And, you know, I'm not sure if Andrews plays, if I'm going to play Likely this week, but I want to see how it all plays out and see what the Ravens do from a personnel standpoint, because now without Rashad Bateman, they're going to have to make some permanent changes here. Yeah. And if you picked up Isaiah Likely, you're at a point where he can really only appreciate, assuming he doesn't get injured, you know, in terms of his value. It's only going to go up from this point, I think. Um, You look at the receivers they have to pick up the slack, you know, with Rashad Bateman being out. They were anticipating him being back. And obviously they've been getting by without him. You know, they've been doing all right. But is Devin DuVernay, Demarcus Robinson, just not Justin, James Prochet, you're going to have one of them line up as like have one of them on the field at all times. Like I'd rather have, you know, a two tight end set with Mark Andrews and Isaiah likely out there yeah. over any of those receivers, which you just kind of mentioned, but yeah. Isaiah likely it, like we also talked about this too. He's a receiver in like tight end body. You know, he, he's, he's always open and he's going to be a, a good pass catcher for you, regardless of where he lines up from. He could line up out wide. He can also line up in line. It doesn't matter where he's going to be. He's going to be able to get that separation. So I I like Isaiah Likely as an asset at this point. You know, like I said, I think his value can only go up. It's gone up a little bit already, especially with Mark Andrews being out and him taking advantage of the work that he got last week. You know, he's shown that he is, and I keep calling him this, you know, the only tight end handcuff really right now in fantasy football. And if Mark Andrews misses time, you know, you could have yourself, you know, a locked in, you know, tight top five tight end, which Hard to come by these days. For sure. Another guy who's not practicing for them, Gus Edwards. And Kenyon Drake would be the play for me in his place as a low-end RB2. This team is banged up, dude. Like, this offense yeah. is banged up. And it's going to, at the end of the day, it's going to affect Lamar Jackson, too. Yeah, Lamar Jackson's going to have a high floor, but his ceiling, it's going to be tough to come by. And we've seen that. You know, he hasn't mm-hmm. hit that ceiling, you know, since the few few weeks, first few weeks of the season. 
Yeah, I'm I'm surprised kind of that, you know, I'm not saying that the Ravens should have moved for a receiver. You know, obviously at that point, before the trade deadline, they assumed Rashad Bateman was going to be back, but, you know, they could really use some help right now. <laughs> I, I'm thinking, you know, if it comes down to it and they keep having rough performances, I don't think I'd rule out maybe, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. might go there. So that would be a name I'm looking at. Obviously, Odell could go anywhere at this point, but he might fit there in Baltimore, I think, with Lamar Jackson. It seems like it should. It seems like a spot. I could, I, like, I could see that happening. That's just me. So maybe if things go poorly for Lamar these next two weeks, you know, something happens there. There's always that chance that they could add somebody through free agency. But, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. With Lamar Jackson, his ceiling is going to be – we're not going to be having those 40-point performances, I don't think, um, anytime soon. Cam Akers is back with the Rams. He's practicing in full, and he's claiming that none of that was on him. But in terms of how this backfield shakes out, I'm avoiding the whole thing. Yeah. No Dell Henderson in my lineup. No Cam Makers in my lineup. No adult film star Ronnie Rivers in my lineup. <laughs> I, I'm going to continue to stash Kyron Williams, though, right? Because mm-hmm. he's the only running back that doesn't seem to be looked at negatively at this point by Sean McVay. Um, so, yeah, I'm avoiding this whole backfield. And yeah. Cooper Cup, he's also back in practice. He got limited in on Thursday, and he should be go, good to go for this week as well. Yeah, that's about as much as you need to know about this backfield, just avoid it. Like last year, you could say that, you know, oh, it's a good offense. So maybe one of them is due for a touchdown. So like at this point, the offense isn't even that good. If it's a touchdown, it's going to be going to Cooper Cup. So I think that, yeah, just avoid it 100%. Even if you had Daryl Henderson, he it's not like he was doing any wonders for you in your lineup anyway. You know, you thought you might have had something there, but you don't. I'm going to hold on to K-Makers just for a week and see how this backfield plays out and if he doesn't do anything this week if it continues to be a share i'm just gonna i'm just gonna drop him yeah that's it that's over austin eckler had a limited practice due to an abdomen injury hopefully that's nothing too serious and he'll be able to play keep an eye on his practice status today um let's say he's out this week right i'd probably play sony michelle before i play isaiah spiller spiller's been inactive the entire year until this past week uh, before their bye and michelle he got more run than him in their last game together so and that was Spiller's first touches of the season. So I, I hopefully Eckler's fine. They said that you know they were just it was just out of caution. So hopefully that is the case. Cowboys running back coach Skip Pete believes Tony Pollard maxes out at thirty weekly plays, which is absolutely terrible news yeah. right there for Pollard. Like he had the three touchdowns last week, but he didn't have an every down role. He was just like uber efficient with the touches that he had, and mm-hmm. we can be happy with that production right in that one game sample. But for that to be sustainable, like as a high-end RB1 handcuff, like he needs more snaps if Zeke were to ever be out again for him to sustain that. And it's a blow to him, his value for the rest of the season, to be honest. Because if Zeke were to – like the one one of the reasons you're holding on to Tony Pollard is because if Zeke were to get hurt, he becomes an every down back for that offense. And obviously, you know, he'll still be a good play, but he's not going to be a high-end RB1 play for me if Zeke were to be out. I don't know. I'm not taking that too much to heart, you know, that report or whatever. I, I'm not I'm not too worried about it because he, you know, how many snaps did he play with Zeke out last week? Was it more than 30? Like, was it much more than 30? Yes. He, he, yeah. So if he's not going to get that, which he hasn't, and he still put up that type of performance, we've seen how explosive he is. It's a wonder why they don't let him just handle the backfield, you know, at this point. I don't think we're going to be able to see that this season, but maybe next season. But I'm not worried about it. The way he plays, you know, his explosiveness, the home run capability, he has it regardless of how many touches he's getting. He he doesn't need that many. He doesn't need as many as Zeke to produce the same way as Zeke. Um, he, he's a much more dynamic talent. He can pass catch and he can run. 
you know, he looks slippery between the tackles and on the outside. He's, you know, quick to the edge. It's just good. He's a good player. So as long as he gets a couple touches, I think he's going to be fine. Especially if Zeke misses time, I'm starting him as a high-end RB1 each week. I mean, I I don't heed that warning too much. You know, I know that it might be a little bit concerning to hear, but if that's not what he's seen already, then what are we worried about? Hard disagree on that one for me. Like, (laughs) I'm not somebody who depends on efficiency, right? Like, we saw it. We had a one-game sample size with Zeke out. And he didn't get all the snaps. Only fifty fifty five percent of snaps. Like, dude, are you kidding me? And who did you who did you uh, compliment him with? Somebody I never heard of, Malik Davis. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then on top, I of only that, know that because I'm a Cowboys fan, <laughs> right? And 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 on top of that, after the game, you're like, yeah, well, he max. That's where he maxes out at. And it's like they've true. They've truly look at him as a compliment type of back, like not somebody who's not an every down guy. And, you know, sure, he had, you know, whatever it was, 15 carries, and he ended up with three touchdowns. But 15 carries is not going to get you three touchdowns every week. It might not even give, get, get you one. Now, the good thing is that this is a relatively good uh, good offense, and there will be some goal line carries, and he'll get a goal line carry, sure. Yeah. But is he going to get you, like, 150 yards? On 15 carries, he might get you on most weeks. If, you're, if he's given the full workload for, you know, a, a larger sample size of five or six games – most games he's probably going to give you like 15 carries for 75 yards or 80 yards and that's on the efficient side of things right if he's only averaging like 4 4 yards a carry in one of these games he'll give you 60 yards and you're hoping that he gets you a touchdown right so this is you know he ended up got, get, getting it done for you and obviously you're going to have him in your lineup but i'm not going to be playing him you know over these you know other rb1s that are going to be getting 20 plus touches every single week Oh yeah, no, I wouldn't advocate for starting Tony. If Tony Pollard starts, I if Tony Pollard plays and Zeke is hurt, I wouldn't advocate starting him over any of our top 10, 12 guys. I mean, well, maybe maybe the top six or seven. Because I, I think that the upside is still there. You know, obviously it looks bad from an efficiency, a sustainability standpoint, because he was super efficient, but I think that's kind of his MO. You know, he he produces very well when he does, you know, get the ball. That's all there is to it. They don't give him enough volume. That's the only thing that's holding it back for me. Even with the volume that he gets, you know, he's played the past three weeks. He's had very similar workload in all of them. You know, I think it was around right around 14 opportunities in all of them. So, and that's with Zeke playing and without him playing. Obviously, without Zeke playing, he had his best output of the season. So I, I think that can continue if Zeke doesn't play again this week. But I, I expect Zeke back, you know. It, it's he's crazy. Very it, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I expect him back too. And it's crazy because without Zeke, he had one more touch. Yeah. <laughs> but the week three before. more touchdowns. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and three more touchdowns. So like yeah. what is more what is more reliable like in terms of data like for future production? It's not touchdowns, right? It's the touches, it's the opportunity. So that's my issue now. And it's like, man, like this it's super disappointing to hear that from me. You know. Well, he was I, one I, of those guys. He was one of those guys that like, you know, if Zeke were to go down, like he was just going to explode, you know, whenever that happens. And he did End up exploding in that one game. We, but I, I did not rank him in my top five, you know, knowing that he was only going to get fifty percent of snaps. Because if he was only going to get fifty percent of snaps, I would have put him maybe as a low end RB one, high end RB two, if that. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, if you zoom in with a microscope and look at that usage and say, yeah, then maybe we change that ranking. But I just, you know, we we saw this coming. We knew that if he get the touches, any more touches than he's been getting, which he didn't really. If he just, didn't, yeah, if crazy. he led the backfield. You know that he'd do well. And I think that we saw that. I think he's good for at least 
something close. I, I think he's going to be much closer to an explosive day if he plays and Zeke doesn't. Then he's going to be, you know, then a quiet yeah. outing where he has like six and a half points. It's not going to be a Damian Pierce it, type. The best part about it is that he gets all the goal line looks, right? Like that's the yeah. best part. It's like, you know, that is like the major upgrade right there when Zeke isn't in, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that that part of it is the best part. Yeah, because right. when, when Zeke is in, Zeke gets all the touches inside 10 yards. You know, so it's like he definitely gets the first crack at it. Yeah. For sure. And if if Tony Pollard's going to score a touchdown while Zeke is playing, it's going to have to come from 30, 40, 50 <laughs> yards out. Yeah. That's that's the part that sucks. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to Derrick Henry. He didn't practice yesterday because of a foot injury. Something to keep in mind. He says he's perfectly fine and that he'll be out there. But just so you know, the guy you want to play, if he's out, is Dontrell Hilliard. And you know, he would be a pretty good play against Kansas City if Derrick Henry were to be out for whatever reason. And it's a foot injury. Remember what injury Derrick Henry was out for all last season. So that's something to keep in mind and pay attention to today. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor, still not practicing on Thursday. We talked about him ad nauseum this week. So I'm not going to talk about it too much more. But Deion Jackson would be the back to play in his place. Let's see if Jonathan Taylor ends up practicing today on Friday. Right. Chuba Hubbard has been ruled out. So it seems like they were really downplaying his ankle injury. He does two straight weeks that he's out now. It'll be Deontay Foreman once again, and he's going to be a solid RB2 play this week. If you saw yesterday's podcast, um, I moved him up like right ahead of, uh, I think it was um, Mostert, right? So he would have been yeah, I think he had him like RB18. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. But as a mid RB2, solid RB2, he's a good play this week. A lot tougher matchup, right? But uh, he should be okay and good to yeah. go. Let's move on to wide receiver rankings. We have Cooper Cup at number one, even though he's dealing with an ankle injury. It's a pretty good matchup out of the slot against the Bucs. He did practice in a limited fashion on Thursday, so he uh, he's good to go. He's going to be in my lineup, and I love him this week, regardless of the ankle injury. Yeah, I like Justin Jefferson a lot this week. Oh, I'm sorry. You want to say something about Cooper Cup? Yeah, it's just the Buccaneers defense. You know, earlier this season, I would have said that, you know, this might be a tougher matchup for him, but the Buccaneers defense has been underperforming hugely. So I, I think that this is, even though he has the ankle injury, that might be the difference maker for me. Yeah, no, it's true. And, and the Bucks have been pretty vulnerable uh, out of the slot. Like if I'm looking at the numbers right now, uh, Antoine Winfield's lines of slot, and he's a, he's a good player, but the Bucks as a whole, they've been giving up the ninth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers. So not great when you're going up against Cooper Cup. Not yeah. great. Um, I like Justin Jefferson a lot this week as you can tell i have him here at number two right and i have him ahead of tyreek hill stefan diggs jalen waddle who i have at three four and five respectively they all have tougher matchups than usual but washington's perimeter defense stinks and justin justin jefferson is going to be able to take advantage if i had to guess this is one of those blow up games for justin jefferson i think he has a higher chance of blowing up than tyreek hill than stefan diggs than jalen waddle and that's the reason i have him here at number two Right. And you have to think, uh, you just look at it. He's had two relatively quiet games, you know, these past two weeks after going for 30 he's points. Due. And yeah, he's due for it. And you look at his touchdowns. <laughs> he hasn't scored a touchdown since week one, at least in the air. I, I think he's, yeah, he's scored. He hasn't scored a touchdown through the air since week one. He hasn't had a yeah. He hasn't had a single oh, touchdown catch. That. So he's producing despite that. This is the spot Whoa. for him to get right. You know, he is due for some positive touchdown regression, just like AJ Brown was. Dude, Justin Jefferson's time is now. It's gonna. How many touchdowns is he gonna score today? Four or this week? Four, <laughs> four touchdowns for Justin Jefferson this week. If AJ Brown can have three last week, I think yeah. Justin Jefferson's gonna have four this week. 
Yeah, that positive regression is coming. So just keep starting him. Don't get disenchanted. Obviously, you wouldn't be. Anyway, he's been getting it done for you even without the touchdowns. But the serious upside is coming. This is the matchup for it to happen. It's, it's Washington. If, if, if he has four touchdowns on Sunday, right? He's playing on Sunday, right? Yeah. Yeah. If he has four touchdowns on Sunday, then he would. Ha- he's going to have six touchdowns through eight games played, which is pretty doable for Justin Jefferson. If you say it like that, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't think you don't think it's four. four I don't think four. I'm not necessarily going to project four, but I will say (laughs) he's definitely going over 100 yards receiving. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes over 150, and then you know a touchdown or two. I think two touchdowns is very well within his range. Like I said, he is due for that kind of game. Obviously, they just added T.J. Hawkinson, so I'm not sure. I don't think he's going to be pulling targets away from Justin Jefferson because Justin Jefferson is Justin Jefferson, but. I'm just I've been, you know, keeping tabs on Justin Jefferson these past few weeks. And like, when is he going to get that touchdown? It has to happen at some point. I think it could be this week. That was really hard to believe when you said that. I had to look it up. I'm like, right. It's wow. it felt weird saying it because I was like, I looked at the game log. I'm like, this can't be right. But then at the same time, I'm like, well, it has to be right. So I said it. And then you were visibly surprised. <laughs> I was like, oh, crap. Like, is that actually not right? But no, <laughs> he did have that one touchdown on the ground uh, a couple weeks ago. So that's why oh, I okay. feel like it's been that long. Right. But. In terms of receiving touchdowns, he is well overdue. Very interesting. Okay. Um, I have Amon Ross St. Brown at number six. Keep in mind that at the end of the year last year, when he was going off, he was without TJ Hawkinson. He had no he had he didn't have a healthy DeAndre Swift. And we're seeing some shades of that right now yeah. with Hawkinson being traded away. And you know, Amon Ra, like, you know, he was gonna do his thing regardless, but without TJ Hawkinson there, like you gotta think he's going to the moon. Yeah. And obviously we've been high on Amon Ross St. Brown, you know, talking about him. We've had him ranked here, I think, in the top like seven or eight, you know, the past how many weeks every time that he's healthy. Um, we know what he can be. He just hasn't gotten there yet. He's still coming back from the injury, I think. And, you know, it's a Lions offense has been, you know, on a bit of a rough, going through a rough patch these past few weeks. Um, Green Bay is in a very much nicer matchup, but I think that if anyone's going to get it done through the air, it's going to be him, especially with TJ Hawkinson out. Um uh, well, not out, but he's gone. <laughs> yeah, I'm on Russ. Yeah, I'm on Russ. Brown, you know, like you said, when he was doing his thing, you said it was without TJ Hawkinson. Check. DeAndre Swift was banging up. Check. You know, Jared Goff was still quarterback. Check. Presumably. So I, I think that, you know, better days are ahead for Amon Ross St. Brown. It just has to happen. He's had to get over that hump because that yeah. injury, I'm not sure if it's still bothering him, but he hasn't been producing the same way. But even even last week, it wasn't a bad performance. So at least no, you have least- something to build on. Still had 24%, uh, I'm sorry, 26% target share. Uh, Josh Reynolds also a little bit banged up as well, so keep that in mind. Right. Uh, regardless, you're going to have him in your lineup. A.J. Brown, I, I had him at number seven. Uh, I have Devontae Adams at number eight against Jacksonville, looking for a bounce back from him. He had a, he had the flu last week. You know, it was a good matchup for him. No Marshall Lattimore. He couldn't come through because Derek Carr stinks. And uh, now he's going up against Jacksonville defense, who has been shutting down receivers on their left side. And not saying Adams can be shut down, but just saying last week would have been a nice week to come through. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. More than one DeAndre point Hopkins. Awesome. And what could have been, what could have been. Derek Carr, you stink. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins at nine. You know, a lot tougher of a matchup this week for Hopkins. You know, like like look what he did two weeks ago, right? Against the Saints without Marshawn Lattimore. Great matchup. The Saints were already giving up a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers. Yeah. Um, and then this past week, like you couldn't ask for a better matchup against Minnesota, especially where he lines up on that left side. And now against the Seattle defense, who has been relatively good 
against perimeter wide receivers. They've they've been giving up the third least fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers this year. I'm tempering expectations for DeAndre Hopkins this week. I might seem like a DeAndre Hopkins hater. I can totally understand. Like, like that might. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a hater. DeAndre Hopkins is actually one of my favorite players in the NFL. Like, mm-hmm. I like players like him. Like, like when I saw that Hard Knocks clip, you know, when what well, wasn't even clip? I saw it, I, I saw it when it was on TV. Like yeah. him against uh, De- what was it? D'Angelo Hall? Is that who it was? On the, it was, uh, yeah. was it when the when they were the Redskins still? Yeah, yeah. D'Angelo Hall. It might have been. I feel like I it has it to have been. I mean, he's been in the league a while. And like the you know, he was basically like, yo, like he was messing with him in practice and he's like, dude, like don't test me right now. He's like, I only fear God, homie. And like yeah. it was it was a rap. And then they went one on one. And I think it was D'Angelo Hall. I'm gonna keep saying it, and it might not be the guy. Like somebody yeah. in the comments needs to correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, or or confirm that it was D'Angelo Hall. Um, but and then he just like messed up his ankle and he was like out <laughs> yeah. like for a while. <laughs> and you know, it was just embarrassing. So ever yeah. since then, he's been my guy. Yeah. I'm not the Andrew Hopkins hater. Just want to say that. Just temper expectations a little bit this week. Yeah, I don't think you're a hater. I think the way he's performed, you know, coming back, obviously, you know, he wasn't injured or anything. But the way he's performed, he's just, you know, integrated directly right back into the offense, you know, and the way he's produced. I don't think anybody saw this kind of production coming. You know, 19 points, 33 points. The target share there, he's been getting 14 targets, 13 targets the past two weeks, you know, double-digit receptions in both games and a touchdown, you know, to boot. Last week in a good matchup, you know, he's checked every box that you wanted to check coming back that maybe we didn't think it was going to happen this fast. So I think it's I think he might be due for a little negative regression. You know, obviously, 33 points. It looked really good. And he looks like he's going to continue to be a big part of this offense. But like you said, in a matchup like this, it was a little low scoring last time. I don't anticipate that being the case again this time. But I think that at some point, you know, he's going to have that game where people can be like, okay, maybe he's not. 100 percent you know the wide receiver one that we want him to be on this offense just yet because the offense has been a little bit shaky at least in arizona and he's been doing it he's been producing despite it being relatively shaky so i i think that i think that it could happen this week that he has a rougher game dk metcalf and tyler lockett from that same game uh i i have them at 10 and 11 they're seemingly both like quote-unquote healthy uh they both got full practices in that's great um i love terry mclaurin this week, by the way, like I have Mike Evans, by the way, at number 12. I have T Higgins at 13. I love Terry McLaurin this week against Minnesota. We saw, you know, we just talked about DeAndre Hopkins against them last week, but the Vikings are giving up the most fantasy points to the left side of the perimeter and the slot over the last four weeks. And that's where Terry runs 75% of his routes from. He's also mm-hmm. gotten 26% and 28% target share in the last two games with Taylor Heineke this year. And preciser, also is predicting Minnesota to lose by eight points in this game, which means they're going to be in a negative game script, which means a lot of passing late in the game, which means a lot of garbage time potential here. Um, and that's what we want to hear. And this is a good time to shout out the sponsor of today's episode, Preciser. <laughs> All right. Preciser uses data-driven analytics and algorithms to make game predictions to help you make better bets, better start-set decisions, and make better DFS lineups. I'll have the link in the description, but you can check them out at Preciser.io slash prediction. And make sure to use the code UPPERHAND to get 30% off the first three months of their pro package. That ends up coming out to only $6.99 a month to get all their data. They have a free package as well if you don't want to commit. But make sure you use the code UPPERHAND when you do sign up. Are you with me on Terry McLaurin? This is pretty high. Yeah. 14. But I, 
I th- I'm much happier with Terry McLaurin in my lineup, you know, with ter- with not Terry McLaurin, with Taylor Heineke at quarterback than I was with Carson Wentz. Because Carson Wentz, you know, he was distributing the ball, but he wasn't really throwing it Terry McLaurin's way. Taylor Heineke came right back in and he has revived Terry McLaurin. You know what I'm saying? Like he looks like a much better, not necessarily a much better receiver, but in terms of a much better fantasy player with Taylor Heineke at quarterback. Because Heineke knows if you have a guy like Terry McLaurin, you throw it to him. You know, you don't just avoid him. You don't throw him the ball. You, you throw it to, to Terry McLaurin. And he looked really good the past two weeks, you know, with Taylor Heineke at quarterback. That's really the main difference for me. I think that's what makes him, you know, a, a decent start now. You know, I, I think 14 is a good spot to have him. It might be a little bit high for my taste just yet. I know that, you know, you talked about the Vikings allowing the most points to the slot and on the left side. And um, that's where Terry McLaurin runs his routes. Washington's offense, I'm still a little bit, you know, Larry, this is going to be a test. If Vikings, if the Vikings go up, it might be a negative game script. I, I think the Washington should be able to keep it competitive, though. They might be able to keep the ground game in play. Um, I do ultimately think Minnesota is going to win this game, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's closer than we think. Um, it's not going to be a complete negative game script where Terry McLaurin is just going to be, you know, running deep routes all day. And Taylor Heineke's going to be, Taylor Heineke's going to be taking shots all day. Yeah, I, 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 and that's another reason why I like I like him because Minnesota has been one of the best teams against the run, and like I just I don't think Washington's going to be able to establish any sort of run game against them. Uh, they've already been inefficient uh, in the run game this season, so like that's another reason why like I just I just think that they're going to be able to like shut down the run, and then they're going to have to pass the ball. Um, so and is, yeah, is Terry McLaurin your start of the week? Would you say? Yes, yes, Terry McLaurin is. is the start of the week. There you go. All right. There it is. Last time we had a start of the week on here, Amari Cooper put up the first start of the week. Also. Chris Olave. <laughs> By the way, that was your start of the week. Yes, it was. So right, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if it's the <laughs> upper hand fantasy curse or if it's just my curse. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Chris Olave at number 15. And, you know, like this might be a little bit surprising to have McLaurin above Chris Olave this week. Uh, but Baltimore has gotten a lot better against perimeter wide receivers. And Olave has been good. But, here are his target numbers over the last four weeks. Seven, six, 14, seven. Okay, so will this be a game where he sees close to 10 targets or not? You know, will this game be a game where they have to, where they have to claw back? I don't know, right? Like Baltimore is missing a lot of pieces. So this might be a game where, you know, they don't have to necessarily, you know, air it out. And this could be a game where Alvin Kamara gets a, a, a bunch of run. Um, so I'm not really looking at this game as some a game where Chris Olave is going to get 10 plus targets. Um, I love Christian Kirk at 15 against the Raiders this week. The Raiders are not good against slot wide receivers. They continually give up points to that position. So Christian Kirk got a bunch of target share last week. I'm with it. Uh, I like Christian Kirk this week. Um, Michael Pittman at 17, Devontae Smith I had at 18. M- Michael Pittman, by the way, you know, even though a lot of his targets were short, Michael Pittman still got like, 39% target share <laughs> last week, yeah. which is absolutely ridiculous. So don't worry about him. Start him. This is not necessarily such a bad matchup either. Like the Patriots have allowed some wide receivers to get some points. So it, it isn't too bad for Michael Pittman. There are a lot worse matchups out there. So don't worry about, you know, his low, quote unquote, low output last week. He got the targets. He got the receptions. And that depth of target can increase moving forward. Mm-hmm. The only thing that Michael Pittman has working against him is that, you know, Bill Belichick defenses tend to eat young quarterbacks for breakfast. Um, yeah. We'll see how Sam Ellinger fares. But what I saw from Sam Ellinger, it doesn't look like it's going to be a case where he's going to be totally incompetent. As long as the offense, you know, we'll see if Jonathan Taylor plays. I think that would help them a lot. 
give him someone to re- lean on in the run game. I don't think it's going to be, you know, a shutout type of day, even though they did do that to the Lions a couple of weeks ago. Uh, this offense is, you know, they have enough playmakers that they should be able to get things done um, between Michael Pittman, you know, Alec Pearson now. Uh, Paris Campbell's kind of come on. So I, I I think that he should be fine. It's going to be another day like we've seen, I think, the past two weeks. I don't like his ceiling too much, Michael Pittman, but I think that he has a nice a nice enough floor as the primary target for Sam Ellinger. I mean, he's a veteran, you know, Sam Ellinger's going to be targeting him pretty much most of, uh, at, a, at a similar clip as he's been. You know, he's been targeting him a lot because, you know, who else is at a target outside of him, you know, with the weapons that they have, they're, they're relatively young. So I, I, like, I like Michael Pittman. Devontae Smith at number 18, that's where I had him. Didn't really come through. But I had him ahead of Chris Godwin because Chris Godwin, you know, this might be a little bit of a tough matchup for him depending on on where um, Jalen Ramsey lines up this week. Like, is he going to line up in the slot against Chris Godwin? Is he going to line up on the outside against Mike Evans? It could be a little bit of both. We'll see. Uh, but, you know, Godwin's efficiency hasn't been amazing. Like, he's been getting a lot of targets closer to the line of scrimmage, right? So, you know, it, he's taking a little bit of a hit. But he's a great talent. And I want him in my lineup. And yeah. then I have DJ Moore at number 20. DJ Moore, he has also come along. And maybe this might be too low for DJ Moore. However, I'm a little concerned about the matchup this week. Yeah. But in terms of like what he's been doing, like DJ Moore, over the last two games, what was his, uh, let's see, I'm looking at, I'm trying to find his target share. He had yeah. 30%, if I'm not mistaken. Like it's up there. Like 10 and 11 making, targets, you know, the past 11 targets and, and not just that, like catchable targets now, like that's mm-hmm. the main difference. You know, I don't know if you saw the, <laughs> if you saw the video, who posted this? Oh, it was DraftKings Sportsbook tweeted out uh, a picture, uh, a video of, um, uh, of Baker May- Mayfield. Uh, like, like, you know how they had those like nets that you throw, throw the ball. Into? I saw this one. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And he just completely misses it. And the <laughs> caption from their Twitter handle was like Baker Mayfield, you know, season is upon us or something like that. And it's just like it's so bad. <laughs> I saw the same thing. I forget where it was. It was like another Baker Mayfield dime. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was so bad, man. But you know what? DJ Moore is a lot more playable now. A tough matchup against Cincinnati, but they did lose Chidobe uh, Iwozie, uh to a season-long injury. So, you know, there is a little bit of hope for Moore to do his thing. Yeah. All right. Moving on work- to – yeah, go ahead. If he's working against Eli Apple – I like his odds. I agree. And <laughs> by the way, I just want to, you know, say something about his teammate, somebody that you might have forgotten about. That's Terrace Marshall. Um, yeah. I, I'd pick him up. If you have a deep league, you have a bench spot, pick him up this week because he was a second round pick last year. This coaching staff is gone. For whatever reason, they didn't like him. He came yeah. through last week in a very good matchup, but he did see a very high target share. And he's a guy who played with Joe Burrow at LSU. He played with Justin Jefferson. He played with uh, Jamar Chase. And he still put up numbers. Okay, so let's just keep that in mind. Pick him up. He's a rookie that I liked a lot going into last year. He had a very good preseason. And for whatever reason, he fell down the pecking order to the point where, like, this coaches have just didn't want to play him. All of a sudden, he gets playing time, and he starts producing. So, something to keep an eye on. Okay. Yeah. Um. Anyway, moving forward. Juju Smith-Schuster at number 21. You know, I, I obviously, they just traded for Kadarius Toney, but it might take a little bit for Kadarius Toney to, you know, implement his himself into the offense. They are working him in, apparently. But Juju, you know, this is a good matchup 
against Tennessee. So I'm good starting Juju uh, as a low-end wide receiver too this week. Going to Tyler Boyd as well. You know, he didn't have the best game in the world last week, but Carolina has been really, you know, hasn't been great against slot wide receivers. And, you know, don't get too discouraged by what Tyler Boyd did last week. He still caught a touchdown. So it's very possible that we see a much better game for both Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins this week. Yeah, I think that both Bengals receivers are going to be fine. This is a good matchup. Um, we've seen the Bengals offense has kind of been bipolar, you know, this season so far. Either they're way on or they're way off. Um, and they still got it done, you know, both Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins, you know, with the offense not being as, you know, dialed in as they usually are, as or at least as they had have been, have had been. I don't know if that's how you say it. That is how as, you say it. Yeah, so that's how you say it. But um, <laughs> if they're not as dialed in as they were those two weeks where Joe Burrow was just popping off. But I think that he has a nice enough floor, you know, with Jamar Chase out that he should be, you know, starting regardless of the matchup. Um, this one, I think, could go a lot more their way, you know, because the the, de- the defense was, you know, torn apart by um, Demir Bird last week. There you go. And Demir Bird, I think, if I'm not mistaken, caught the touchdown, uh, oh, like when he lined up out of the slot. Something yeah. to know. Mm-hmm. Rondell Moore at 23 also lines up out of the slot and Seattle has been a little bit more vulnerable to slot wide receivers than perimeter wide receivers so I like him this week Curtis Samuel very similar reasons I talked about Terry McLaurin that also applies to Curtis Samuel because he runs a lot of his routes all of his, almost all of his routes out of the slot and Minnesota has been the worst team against slot wide receivers over the last four weeks Yeah, so Curtis Samuel great start this week Gabriel Davis you know the Jets perimeter Jets have been pretty tough against uh, perimeter wide receivers, right? And it's going to be super, super interesting to see Sauce Gardner against Stefan Diggs this week. Uh, he doesn't shadow. He plays on his side. But whenever Stefan Diggs is on that side, it's going to be interesting. DJ Reed on the other side also playing out of his mind this year. So a little bit tougher matchup, but you got to put him in your lineup. You never know, right? This is Josh Allen, the Bills offense we're talking about. So right. continue to start Gabe Davis. If he gives you, you know, a five-point game, it is what it is. The good thing about Gabe Davis is last year, I mean, last week, guess what? He had a high target share game. Mm-hmm. He did. So, you know, Gabriel Davis with a 30% target share game after target shares of 9%, 18%, and 14%. So that's that's good to hear. That's yep. some good news right there. Gabe Davis is just <laughs> gonna live in this 21 to 25 column. Always. Know, that's where he's gonna be because that's his floor. And also his it, it's it's the perfect middle ground between the ceiling and the floor because the floor is way off this list, but the ceiling is at the top of the list. So yeah. And not his actual fantasy floor, because his actual fantasy point floor is zero. Um, yeah. You know, but like in terms of the rankings, yeah, it's going to be right around here. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only reason why he's a little bit low, honestly, because he has a tougher matchup and all the guys above him right here have a good matchup this week. Right. I have Josh Palmer at number 26. You know, no Keenan Allen, no Mike Williams. Josh Palmer going up against Atlanta. You probably want to have him in your lineup. This is a very good. You know, I'm like, listen, like I, I, I lost Keenan Allen in the league and I'm, I picked up um, with DeAndre Carter and I'm starting him. Okay. So like that tells yeah. you what you need to know about Josh Bomber. Uh, somebody Dillon, has to catch the ball. Someone got to catch the ball for the, for the chargers. Yeah. Someone has to catch. The exactly. Ball. And Gerald Everett, you know, I think we have him a little bit higher in rankings this week. We'll, we'll get to him, but he's oh, yeah. kind of the guy that you, I think you should be starting. Definitely. We will. We're going to get into tight end rankings right now. Just going to finish off wide receivers. You know, 27, I have Adam Thielen, followed by Romeo Dubs. Uh, but keep in mind, Alan Lazard might play this week. So if he does, right. then I'm switching Romeo Dubs and Alan Lazard pretty much. That's what, yeah. that's what I'm going to do. Uh, Devin du- Duvernay at 29, Jacoby Myers at 30. That's who I'm rolling with there. Let's move on to tight ends real quick. We got Travis Kelsey at number one. 
followed by Isaiah Likely at number two. And this is obviously assuming that Mark Andrews, Mark Andrews is out. And the reason why I did it like this is because, like, you obviously are playing Mark Andrews, and you might not have known who to play Isaiah Likely over if Mark Andrews was out. And this is what I would do: I'll play Travis Kelsey first, followed by Isaiah Likely over everybody else. Yeah. Um, I had Zach Ertz at number three in a great matchup against Seattle, and I had Dallas Goddard at four, but he might end up as a tight end one this week with a hundred yeah. yards and a touchdown. And, and, and as you mentioned, Gerald Everett at number five, right? He's going to take advantage of the fact that there's no Keenan Allen and no Mike Williams. And he's been doing his thing, you know, on his own, even with one or two, one or both of them playing. Obviously, for most of the season, he's been just Mike Williams, but he's been getting enough looks. We were actually, we we pinned him for the upside early this offseason and through the offseason, and he's kind of returned on that. He should be yeah. a, a good start for you. He's been a good start for you the past, I mean, at least a few weeks out of the season so far already. So I, I think that he's a really nice start this week. 100%. Tyler Higby at number six. Here, uh, Evan Ingram at number seven. Evan Ingram has been getting it done, you know, over the past several weeks. And his floor has been around like 10 PPR points, you know, double digit points. So for a tight end, <laughs> I'll take that, you know, and um, he's going up against Vegas. And that's a really, really good matchup. Tyler Higby also has a good matchup as well against Tampa Bay. Uh, I have Kyle Pitts in the top 10, believe it or not. Uh, but that's only because there's, there's no <laughs> other tight ends that uh, I want to play over him. You yeah. know, Darren Waller, super disappointing. Who, who knows if he's even going to play this week? And then mm-hmm. Taysom Hill, I have at number 10, who got a bunch of carries last week, you know, and Mark Ingram is banged up. Like he's going to be out for a while uh, with a, I think it's an MCL injury. So Taysom Hill could be the backup right now to Alvin Kamara. Right. Nobody knows how Taysom Hill is going to be used on a weekly basis. One week he'll be throwing it, one week he'll be catching it, one week he's rushing it. So yeah, Taysom Hill, he's a, he's a, he's a nice tight end. He's a tight end six right now, I think on the season, which is funny to think about. Because unbelievable, unbelievable. Just, a lot of it's off of that one performance but still you know he's been just as reliable as other tight ends albeit in non-conventional ways you know it's like getting the football uh we have hayden hurst here at number 11 you know he's a solid streamer this week but you know the matchup is okay tyler conklin you know with Corey davis out and elijah moore in the in the doghouse he's been getting a lot more routes and he had a big game last week so he's a solid streamer against buffalo uh, even though it's a little bit of a tough matchup. Robert Tunyon has a great matchup against Detroit, so he's a solid streamer. I have met number 13. I have, I have TJ Hawkinson at 14 just because, you know, whatever. Like, what the heck? Just put him in there and yeah. see how he does. Who knows if he's going to get a full complement of routes? Probably not in his first week back. But honestly, I'll have him in my lineup before K. Dodden, who I have at 15, Mike Gusecki, Dawson Knox, Noah Fant, who, by the way, also has a good matchup against Arizona, just in case you wanted to, you know, a little bit of a dart throw for a touchdown. Uh, you know, it's either him or or what's his name? Who, who who's the tight end too again? Will Disley, in, uh, Will Disley right? Yes. Either either of those guys. Will Disley probably has a better chance of throw, catching a touchdown than Noah Fant, to be honest. Um, and then Juwan Johnson uh, at number nineteen, followed by Hunter Henry. And that's it. Yeah. That's all we got today, guys. You guys have a good weekend, Zach. Appreciate you, man. Um, yep. Thanks to everyone who has been listening to the podcast. We really appreciate you guys. As always, I'm going to end the podcast every single time by thanking you guys because it's because of you guys that this podcast has been doing pretty well uh, lately. So let's keep it going. Good luck this weekend. I'll be live uh, on Sunday in the morning before the games, and I'll see you then. Take it easy, guys. Bye-bye.